Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. I'm on your host, Blessing, Addy Elia Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. I feel good today, Blessing. Oh, yeah? Why so? I feel like we just kind of, like, wiped some shit off our shoe. And, like, we're not just, like, walking into work, like, hey, yeah. Like, I I don't have shit on my shoe anymore. Shoes clean now. You know, I got got my clean shoes. They're Nike students, so they're fresh. I feel that, Imran. Did you watch the inauguration this morning? I did. I missed the or missed the like I I got in kind of late, but I I caught the the speech and the giant Bible and the nice poem. Dude, that Bible looked like something straight out of, out of a Souls game. It looked <laughs> like a Bloodborne Bible. It's their family Bible. Yeah, the thing I think that that's like so cool. the Biden family Plus, Bible. Yeah. How old is Biden's family? Uh, how old is Biden's family? Have a Biden he, he big old Bible. Yeah, uh, bless you. Seem like someone Bible who might like have a family Bible. Bible. We honestly, we did have a family Bible. I don't know where that thing is now because, yeah. like, we've done my family's done a lot of moving. I'm sure, like, my my dad probably still has that Bible, but that Bible does not look as old as the Bible that Joe Biden was rocking. Maybe it's like you had a Bible that big, but you moved too much. It's like, no, we're not carrying this thing around. Yeah, but I wouldn't That's know. I, do I, I don't know now. what we would have done with that thing though, because like we're not going to throw that big old Bible that we had away because it was you a nice Bible. Bible. I guess we could we could have donated it. That would make sense. That's something that my parents would do. Yeah, that lines up. The giant I, blessing I, Bible is somewhere. I did the same thing where I I kind of came into it uh, late. I I came in like halfway through Joe Biden's speech. Uh, and it was one of those things where I was like, "All right, this is like cool, I guess. Like this is this is like kind of a boring speech." But then it kind of hit me that like, uh, "That's kind of preferred. <laughs> That's preferred yeah. more than what we've gotten before." Boring in the last is four great years. right now. Yeah, like, there aren't explosions going I, on. I, I behind thought it was it. cool and like unifying, like. You know, yeah, it's intended. It's it, it was unifying in the way, and I know this isn't like a politics podcast, but it's 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 the inauguration day, and so like let's let, we can talk about it. Uh, it was unifying in the way that I'm definitely down with the message of mm-hmm. everybody. Let's unify and work together, and not have these like uh, lines in the sand, and like let's not fight each other anymore. I'm totally down with that message because I think that's universally positive and the thing that we should strive for. But on the other hand, there are there are parts of that message that are like, you know, like you know, red and Nazis. Nazis need to unify with me. That is what that's what I'm taking yeah. away from it. Yeah, like there are parts of it that is that are like, yo, know, red and blue. We need to like, no matter what your opinions are, we need to come together. And it's like, well, I hear you. I'm definitely there with you, right? If we have like trivial disagreements, I'm there with you. But there are people on the other side of the line that are either racist or sexist or transphobic and it's one of those things where it's like cool we can disagree on a lot of things on a lot of things i'm not disagree with people on but there are like fundamental things that that, uh as far as like this person i don't i don't i don't see this person as human or valid i don't see their identity as valid where i'm Mm -hmm. like okay i don't know where i feel how i feel about that and then you get into certain things of like dude a lot of trump support like the, the the capital was stormed like a week ago and a lot of those people had violent intent right and it's like all right, you know, that's I feel like that goes beyond the idea of disagreement. Yeah, but I, I think and that's like that's what that part was later where he was like, Hey man, I'm like I'm you know, for the people that didn't vote for me, like give me a shot. And yeah. if you don't like like my shit, fuck off. Fuck off. You yeah. know, he didn't say it that way, but he was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and don't try some shit again because you will get prosecuted. We're gonna get you. Yeah. I'm willing to argue with people and like have have nice arguments about like tort reform. I'm not willing to argue with people about like whether you should care about people because that seems like a very straight line of no, actually, this person is valid. Fuck off if you're not going to think that. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm all for unity, but I think that the baseline for unity should be everyone's human. So accept that first. Yeah. That said, like today is an exciting day, right? Like the idea of, of Donald Trump being out of office, I think is the most exciting thing. And it's one of those things too, where I, I, I try to, I find that today on Twitter, I'm, I usually not, not, I usually try not to be the cynical person and I find myself being so cynical today. And so I've like tried to not tweet my cynical thoughts because I want, like, I want people to celebrate. I want people to be happy. Yeah. I am happy that people are feeling happy today because you should feel happy about Donald Trump getting out of office. But I, I, there's, there's still that side of me of like, man, but I want so much more for us, right? Like I want, I, I, I like cool like Joe Biden's here awesome I I want us to like strive for more progressive politics and more progressive po- policy that's, uh and go way beyond that that's why it's so important that you ha- like have to keep up 
with what's going on in the news and continue to vote. Yeah. Because these changes do not happen overnight. One regime will not change at all. Like, we got to keep fucking going, keeping ourselves informed, keep voting. Because, like, we can make a difference if we all stand up. But there's a lot of people that are down to stand up against us. So let's stand up together and try to, like, fucking get more and more people in our groups. Stay engaged, stay mad. Uh, all good points. This has been a good talk, but this isn't a politics podcast. This is a video game podcast. So let's talk about an unannounced game from Sony Santa Monica, Fall Guys not coming to Game Pass, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If we don't want to watch live, you can watch later on the youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, at to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, uh, the Kind of Funny Games cast is up right now. Uh, it's our fantasy video game draft. That's me, Enron, Tim, and Greg. We battle it out uh, and draft games based on what we think will score the highest on Metacritic. That's available right now on YouTube and podcast services. And let me tell you, that's probably one of my favorite episodes of game pa- Games Cast that we've recorded. It was a really yeah, fun time. Fun as hell. Yeah, no, even it was though, a really fun time arguing it out. Even though Greg screwed us by picking 12 minutes before either of us did. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of like screwing each other over going on because it, like for folks who haven't, who haven't listened to it yet i'm not going to spoil all the choices obviously but like there are certain things where it's there's certain strategy that goes into it this time around this year because if you listen to ps love you know you know what the fantasy draft is um but last year obviously we do the medic we did the metacritic predictions this year we kind of uh mixed it up by doing a fantasy draft method to where we draft games based on what's going to score highest and so there are certain strategies of like all right, I have a certain game in mind, like 12 minutes. Like 12 minutes I have in mind because I think that's going to get a high Metacritic. But I could also see the other guys not picking that not picking that game because it's a little bit uh, mm-hmm. uh, under the radar. And so if they don't pick it, I can then get it after the draft for like a dollar or something and then go about it that way. And so like there are certain picks like that that screw people over because Greg ends up picking it or somebody else ends up picking a different game. Uh, and it's a, it's a very fun activity. I will very say... Fun. I didn't realize until thinking about it later how shrewd Tim was. Because, like, Tim was, like, making arguments on... He was giving disapproving faces and sounds when you were, like, people were picking things. Cause, and that made me think Tim was being a little conservative. But his actual list is just insane. It's like a crazy man's list. Yeah. I highly respect Tim's list. Everybody should go check out that episode again. YouTube.com is Kind of Funny Games. Podcast Services. Gamescast. Uh, very, very good episode of the Kind of Funny Gamescast. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's Sony Santa Monica is looking for folks to work on an unannounced project. This is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Sony Santa Monica's unannounced second project looks like it's still in the works, according to a job listing for an art director position in the studio. A tweet from the official Sony Santa Monica account notes that the studio is, quote, seeking an experienced art director for the development of a new unannounced title, end quote. There's not much else to go on in the job listing itself beyond the fact that it's aiming to be a genre-defining game and that'll involve characters and creatures. Back in 2018, we learned via Reset Era that Sony Santa Monica had created a a strategic multi-phase long-term studio plan spanning two future projects following God of War, according to LinkedIn posts from studio staff. Of course, one of these projects is uh, is the now-revealed God of War Ragnarok. Imran. What is Sony Santa Monica working on? That's a good question. Because, like, had we not known about God of War, this would be an immediate, like, panic from everyone. Like, oh, no, they must not be working on God of War yet. Like, but now that we know they're working on that, I can't imagine you work on God of War and work on a project of equal size at the same time. Even if you have two different teams. Like, they're just, there are resources that need to, like, move around so much that I can't, I can't picture that being the case. But... 
I also don't know what Sony Santa Monica would do that's not a project of that size, you know? Like, they're not going to do something small, like, arcade So what could it possibly be? Yeah, like, this kind of strikes me as similar to around uh, Uncharted 3, where we got the announcement for The Last of Us, and somehow Naughty Dog had figured out how to, like, work on uh, Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us kind of simultaneously, even though, like, one came before the other. Uh, And, like, I I think that's a good... If they're able to pull that off, it's a good strategy, because Sony Santa Monica, as much as we love God of War, the idea of having two different franchises or multiple different franchises they can swap back and forth between is a great idea, right? It's worked out for Naughty Dog. It's worked out for studios like Bethesda Game Studios, right? Where you're able to switch back and forth between Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Uh, NetherRealm being another one, right? With uh, 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 Injustice and Mortal Kombat. I think Sony Santa Monica having a similar thing, having God of War being their core franchise and then having another franchise that they can get to develop and build up and be something that could stand equal possibly equal to god of war i think could be a powerful strategy to them if they're able to pull that off the question is what does that look like especially with the with the idea of it uh, involving characters and creatures which god of war like this could be a god of war spinoff maybe that see that like an atreus kind of game or something like that that seems reasonable but if you're going to spin a game off would you give it to the same studio just be like hey also or would yeah i don't know that makes sense to me but also characters and creatures could be literally defined any game so let's see i don't if i were sony and i had all these really good studios but some of them fit some ideas better than others like let's say Lucasfilm comes to Lucasfilm Games comes to you. It's like, hey, what studio do you think should do a, a, you know, a Star Wars game or something? I think Naughty Dog does not necessarily make sense unless you were going to do like the Amy Hennig kind of thing, like that mm-hmm. project. Or, but I think Sony Santa Monica would. Now that I'm saying for like a license game, for a license game, because they've done like Insomniac did Spider Man, and true, it worked out great for them. Now, so, do you do you give? Would you give Sony Santa Monica uh, Star Wars when you have Jedi Fallen Order, which is ba- which is a very similar game in terms of genre, in terms of how the combat flows and all that stuff to God of War? I mean, we don't know what kind of game they're making, but True. those games sell well. They, they Sony first party stuff pretty consistently sells about like thirteen to twenty million. So if you're looking for after like eight years of seven years of EA, just kind of like screwing the pooch like if you're looking for some more variety or not variety but less variety more safe bets in star wars maybe you do go with the thing that's been work that worked out really well last time Hmm. i i don't know what i want from sony santa monica i think something licensed would be interesting uh a star wars would definitely be interesting but i don't know I don't know how excited I would be for a Sony Santa Monica announced Star Wars. I'd, I would have to see the trailer for it. Like the yeah. trailer would have to be the thing that would be, that, that would sell me on that game. If you just told me that Sony Santa Monica is working on a Star Wars, my immediate my immediate reaction would be, well, we got Star Wars from like we got Jedi Fallen Order, and we also have the Ubisoft game coming up. Like if you're gonna pitch me on a new Star Wars game, I want something that's completely different or weird. I want like a Star Wars racing game, or I want like a Star Wars indie game like a uh, uh uh hyrule what was the fucking indie zelda g- game from crypt of the cadence of hyrule yeah like a cadence of hyrule i want that but for for star wars right like i want star wars to get weird in a way that a sony santa maca star wars would probably probably be a narrative driven jedi game probably or maybe just a random character in the star wars universe game which could be cool just but a dancer, a dancer? <laughs> yeah no, yeah, like it's. I mean, you say this as if you don't remember the Star Wars Connect game, which had like that dancing That's a good mini point. game. Yeah, that Han Solo song, it it bops like yeah, <laughs> or it is a bop. It does not actual bop. So while we were talking about that, I I realized we have not heard about PSVR two yet. If theoretically you had a big enough team, but not so big that could take on a AAA project, maybe they do a like God of War VR or something, or a God of or VR mode for God of War. Interesting. I can like, see it. I guess I, I'm I'm at the point with VR with with PSVR where right. I I'm like on the other side of the of the excitement for it. Where I feel like for a couple years there we got we got a lot of great games for it. Like we got Beat Saber, we got Tetris Effect, we got 
Blood and Truth, we got Astro's Playroom, or not Astro's Playroom, Astrobot Rescue Mission. And for the last year or so, like we got an Iron Man VR, which is fine. And we got um like games like Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and like games here or there for the last year or so. But I I I want that PSVR hype to build again. And I don't know what that looks like for Sony. Like I'm sure for PSVR too, you then announced that with new and exciting games, but do you do that with a new God of War, like a God of War title for PSVR? Like, do you trust in PSVR two enough that you make that that franchise have that transition? I mean, I, one of the th- issues I always have with Sony is that when they don't necessarily like, you can tell when they're not all in on hardware. When they're exactly. like, we're not going to give this thing our you know our biggest licenses or our biggest developers. That's one of the reasons I feel like Vita didn't do as well as 3DS is because like. You wanted an Animal Crossing for 3DS, it came from the Animal Crossing team. If you wanted Uncharted, it came from like Sony Bend. And I think this would be one way if they were if they were really going all in on VR, was to say, okay, here's a God of War game or a game set in the God of War universe or something that is made by Sony Santa Monica. I think that would that would definitely send a message. But would anyone want that? Do we no. want a God That's... of War VR game? Yeah. You know? That's my thing that also. One... Oh god, I wrote the reveal for this game. I don't remember the name of it. Do you remember the name of that Oculus game that's like a Norse mythology thing? Uh I think I know what game you're Yeah, I think I know what game you're talking about. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I I again I wrote it. I wrote the I wrote Hold the cover on. story for it. Don't remember it. But that's my, that's my thing too. Like, Asgard that Breath, that's it. Yeah. There you go. That's my thing too, though, is like if they if they announced a God of War VR game, I'd be like all right, whatever. Um, maybe you show me the trailer and it looks fucking dope and I'm in. But like just off off the concept of a God of War VR game, that feels like that that kind of does feel like Sony doing the thing where it's like, uh, one, how much do I trust do I trust Sony to put all their cards uh or like put all put like all chips. put yeah. all their chips, thank you. Put all their chips into that basket, right? For a God of War VR game and go all the way with it and making something amazing. Uh I I don't I don't I don't know I don't know if that's what they would do with that. Like I mean, a God of War did, VR game sounds like a thing that you would just kind of put out in for the po- for the folks that want to check it out, they check it out, but for everybody else it's like cool, that exists. I mean, Valve did it for Half-Life Alex. Like they they made a great VR game that honestly no one's really not a lot of people are going to get a chance to play because it's a VR game that requires a heavy computer and like lots of space. But like it's still one game of the year at GameSpot. I think if you're really if you want to make VR big, and I suppose if you're putting out a like a VR headset, you do want to make VR big, then you need to have like a game of the year quality game. I think there reason there's a reasonable chance I Sony will do that. It just you know, like I said, sometimes they do it and sometimes they don't. It'll be interesting to see if they do it this time. Do you All feel right. like Valve feels good about how uh, Half Life Alex performed? Probably not, but <laughs> because that's like, my thing too. Is like because for for a PSVR, I feel like PlayStation understands where the ceiling is for VR for them. Because like PSVR did did I think well. I think probably exceeded their expectations. Three to uh, four as as million, tell. I think was last I heard. Yeah, and like for a while there, I think it it was selling out at first. I think part of that was because they weren't producing enough for whatever manufacturing issues they had. But it it was performing pretty well. A PSVR two, I don't know how much they believe it'll sell past what. PSVR originally sold. Chat says six million for PSVR. So like, yeah. I guess no. The, the thing is, it's a chicken and egg scenario. That if you don't put the stuff money into it to like really make it good, then it's never going to produce the money you want. So if you are looking for a thing of like, and even just a a big differentiator for your console versus like the other consoles or other platforms, then like VR is one of those things because Microsoft's not interested in it. Like mm-hmm. PC is interested in it, but like an optional thing, it's like no mega PC th- like Valve is interested in it. Nintendo doesn't seem to be. This this seems like the thing to be like, okay, we got VR, no one else does, so give bring those games here. Yeah. I I would hope that if Sony is pursuing that again, and I I have all they have indicated that they are, that they really go all in on it and try and just make that unique thing because you can't you can't ask people to spend the extra 200 whatever dollars on this thing and then go all right here's you know oculus quest like sloppy seconds Mm -hmm. i i hope i I hope that whatever whatever game games come with psvr2 are bangers 
but it's on on the uh, I I also think it's one of those things where like if I'm Sony right like somebody in chat mentioned that like six million is not an insignificant amount for uh, PSVR sold and like I agree I think that's a good amount for it but six million hardware units out there for a uh, if 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 you are Sony Santa Monica and you're going to put out a second game and put efforts into that and maybe call it God of War even, I feel like six million is not a high enough ceiling for sales to make that but worth it. There has to be a sacrifice or sacrificial game of this game is so good and no one is talking about it to lay the foundation for something better. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. You would probably lose money on a God of War VR. God of VR. VR God of War. No, not God of War. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing God of War. <laughs> like, you'd probably lose money on that game. But you would not, like, you need to create the space for games like that to exist. To show mm-hmm. everyone else, like, yeah, we're we're setting the ground for you to bring these experiences to PSVR. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the, the uh, LinkedIn profile here. Genre-defining. Actually, this is from, I don't even think, I think this is from the official Sony Santa Monica job listing. Genre defining. Does that sound like VR? I mean, I get, theoretically, it could. I mean, right. it's generic. Not much out there, the fuck you know? That's true. Yeah. I, I, it like, if probably they is relatively it, yeah. easy to make a genre defining VR game. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. I, I, granted, I, I've convinced myself it's that. I have no idea what it actually yeah. is. No, I like, I, I, I like this line of thought because I, I like theorizing what, what certain studios are working on because it comes, it comes back to, all right, what is Sony Santa Monica, Sony Santa Monica's uh, skill set, right? Like yeah. they've been making a hell of God of War. Like that's, they're the God of War studio. They also made Kinetica, uh, but that was oh, 2001. Oh shit! And I don't, I don't think they're working on another Kinetica. would be fucking crazy. First person Kinetica, that's pretty wild. <laughs> That also, would be pretty wild. What if God of War, it's Mimir's like his point Tales of view. Of yeah. And it's like, like literally you're just the head swaying on the side. You're, yeah, you're swaying on the side. And then when you get on the vote, you get to decide what story you're telling. Uh-huh. It's like a telltale yeah. game. Yeah. There, there's yeah. a there's a FromSoft VR game that nobody talks about. Oh, yeah. I've like, never seen it. Yeah, which is I think that's how this kind of thing would go unless you really went hard. Like, if they made VR Souls, that would be, one, unplayable. But More two, souls. people would pay attention to it. Yeah. I the I feel like Kinetica, though. Like, that <laughs> is something. That, that could be really fucking cool. Just yeah. super fast. Like, remember Thumper? Yeah, was I do rhythm- remember Thumper. Yeah. Dude, Thumper VR was fucking sick. was so fucking sick. And it was, like, really, really engaging. Now, imagine thumper but it's not like you know fucking beat uh based but instead you're racing and you fucking you're playing multiplayer like person me versus you man that's that sounds fucking wild i'm in i like this uh sony owns amplitude why is there not an amplitude vr that's my question is there not an amplitude vr i just just always assume that all these rhythm games have vr modes i'm thinking i'm probably thinking of um res though res definitely has res has has a cool vr VR. yeah really cool all right now, I've, uh, it's worth it's, it's worth acknowledging. It's Wednesday. Uh, me and Emron have taken over Wednesdays. Blemron Wednesdays is what I'm declaring it. Uh, I'm God, giving us homework. a terrible name. Blimron. It's a terrible name, but like yeah, I couldn't think Bless of anything Ran. Bless Ran. Hmm. I don't know, man. I like Blemron better than Bless Ran. Bless Ran sounds like I'm trying to take over Mega Ran's brand. And I no, feel like I'm that's a good brand. Like I feel like that's a good I, brand. He does have a good brand, but I'm not trying to steal his brand away from him. I was kind of disappointed when they did the giant bomb list. And, like, they ran Megaron on the first day, and they ran me on the second day. I wish they had put it next to each other so it could be, like, Imron, then Megaron. Oh, yeah. And you guys could be, like, the Battle of the, the Rons. Battle yeah. of the Rans. Or, like, I evolved and became Megaron or something. Like, <laughs> that's, that's actually really good. That's actually a yeah. lot better. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm giving us homework for... On that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay, Kevin. I'm sure the audio, audio listeners will forgive you. Uh, I'm giving us homework. Uh, the, the three of us. This includes you, Kevin. Uh, no. We're gonna go home. All right, we're gonna go home. We're gonna. I've never uh, been more at home than I am right now. We're gonna go home, and uh, our homework is to uh, have a game that we're gonna pitch to Sony Santa Monica for next week. Okay, that sound good. Uh, Tales that's, of Amir. Yeah. I feel like I. That's my pitch is done, and I'm stealing cool. yours, so I have two. Yeah. And what I need you to flesh so it out. Now. I'm gonna need a fucking marketing deck. I'm going to need all that shit so you can pitch it. 
All right, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, sound good? Sounds good. Let's get into let's get into story number two. Story number two: Fall Guys is not coming to Xbox Game Pass. This is Austin Wood oh, no. at Games Radar. So the Xbox Game Pass Instagram account recently said that Fall Guys is coming to the service, but the game's publisher, Devolver Digital, quickly shut down this claim on Twitter. Responding to one follower's reply, the Game, pa- the game Pass account simply said it's coming with regards to Fall Guys on Game Pass. The Verge reporter, Tom Warren, shared this exchange on Twitter, and Devolver quickly responded to it, simply stating uh, that that's incorrect. In another reply, the publisher clarified that Fall Guys is not planned for the PC or Xbox version of Game Pass. The official Fall Guys Twitter also joined in the conversation, so there's clearly no confusion between developer Mediatonic and Devolver. In a separate tweet, the Fall Guys account explained that there has been a mi- there has been a bit of a mix-up. Fall Guys is not coming to Xbox Game Pass. Xbox has seemingly deleted its original Instagram reply, but the Xbox Game Pass Twitter has not issued any sort of update. Imran, I feel like I feel like this happens often with Game Pass. It does happen often, and like in a way that's confusing. That like uh, Phil Spencer last year, year before last, when Control was like a couple of months old, said Control is coming to Game Pass, and then Remedy was like, "No, it's not. Please keep buying Control. Don't wait for it on Game Pass." And then like recently, they announced it was coming to Game Pass. So like, I, I think Xbox ten. I feel like they don't know. They know deals have been signed. They don't know when they're actually coming. And that, like, it seems real strange for the Instagram to be like, Fall Guys is coming, which is like, I swear I heard somewhere else before that, too. And now they're saying, this confusion says to me, Fall Guys is probably coming to Game Pass eventually. But, like, yeah. they, they're not doing it right now, and they don't want people to be like, oh, shit, it's coming to Game Pass. I'm not going to buy it now. Yeah, Fall Guys is one of those th- It's one of those ones where I'm sure those conversa- conversations have happened. Because Fall Guys on PS Plus was such a great move for them, and I'm, and I'm sure when they come to Xbox, a similar sort of deal where they're able to get in the get the game into the hands of people uh, for free or for a low price uh, is ideal. That'd be an awesome way to release. And so I'm sure those conversations are happening. Who knows how far those conversations got? You know, maybe it was a thing of okay, cool, we we want this to happen, but the the price that Xbox is paying isn't high enough, and so we're gonna back out. Or maybe like somewhere along the process, things got cut in a way that can communication might have been confused but also like we're talking about the instagram and so like that means that somebody on social either just fucked up and thought it was coming to game pass and just didn't realize that it wasn't or somehow that information just got there and like wasn't meant to get out there but did who knows yeah Um, or maybe like they made they made some deals and then sony was like hey no our deal doesn't allow for this Uh, or oh yeah that could be one too that's also a possible reason like i think this game's are this game's uh, payment structure, however you want to put business structure, is best served by putting this game out on everything for like as low or cheap as possible. Yeah. So I think Game Pass does make a lot of sense, but maybe they also did think like, oh, actually this is selling even selling well even after the PS Plus thing. So no need to put it on Game Pass yet or something. Yeah, we can we can ride we can ride this out for a while before we go on Game Game Pass. Maybe we go on Game Pass next year as opposed to this year. Who knows what it is? Yeah. Story number three, uh, Team Ninja is not working on a new Ninja Gaiden or Neo. Uh, This is Jeremy Winslow at GameSpot. With the Neo 2 Complete Edition around the corner, game director Fumihiko Yasuda sat down to do some interviews about both the open-world samurai action game and one of Team Ninja's other well-known IPs, uh, the character action title Ninja Gaiden. According to Yasuda, Team Ninja has no plans for sequels in either series, though it's something he'd like to explore. When he asked by when he when asked by the gamer about why Team Ninja isn't planning for a new Neo entry, and I'm gonna pause there. The gamer, great name for a, for a website. Yeah, they recently restaffed, and I think they're they're making a big play these days. So yeah, good on them. No, good on the gamer. Yeah. Uh, when asked by the gamer about uh, why Team Ninja isn't planning for a new Neo entry, Yasuda said that the studio wants to divert all its attention and energy to working on new titles. Once Team Ninja gets some distance from the Neo franchise, however, Yasuda said he would like to he would like to go back to the series at some point, utilize all the experience and new skills that we gain from some from some new projects, and then potentially create an even greater game to surpass Neo in Neo 2. End quote. Yasuda echoed a similar sentiment about Ninja, Ninja Gaiden during the interview, saying there's quote, nothing to announce or note specifically at this time, end quote. Yasuda then later said that fans should, quote, look forward to some potential news for some kind of announcement in the near future regarding 
Ninja Gaiden. Imran, what's your uh, reaction to this? Headline's a bit off. Like, Team Ninja's not working on any Ninja Gaiden or Neo projects. We don't know that. We know they're not announcing Ninja Gaiden or Neo projects right now. Like, the way what Yasuda said, there's nothing to announce or note certificate this time, does not mean there's not a Ninja Gaiden 4 or something. Like, mm-hmm. currently bouncing around Team Ninja. It just means, like, they're not saying, hey, yeah, we're, we're working on a new Ninja Gaiden, prepare for announcement eventually. I, I'm not sure between Neo 3 and Ninja Gaiden 4 which one I would want more. Yeah, I was like, giving my, my next question. What do you want from Team Ninja? Like Ninja, Ninja Gaiden Three sucked a lot. Like even Razor Dead wasn't that great. But Neo Two, Neo Two was probably like eleven on my game of the year list. Like that game is great. People should give it. I think you especially after Sekiro. Like I think you would enjoy playing that game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I. I will tell you what I don't want. I don't want them making a new Dead or Alive right now. Dead or Alive. Four was really good. Dead or Alive Five was great. It was a like I <laughs> let me let me out myself as a Dead or Alive fi- person here. Dead or Alive Five was a really good game. Dead or Alive Six sucked. Dead or Alive Six was such a like what? they didn't they clearly what? didn't know what to do. What was up with Dead or Alive Six? Was did that game come out for free and then charge for characters? I remember like seeing it on the PlayStation Store and being confused about how it was releasing. Like. They had a they had the retail version with all the characters and they had a free to play version like that uh like that Tekken free to play thing. Yeah, Tekken Revolution that, that yeah, was that fucking could, awesome and I miss <laughs> it was like that you could buy characters and then buy outfits and stuff like that. But like the DLC just became so there was new costume packs every couple of weeks. There was uh new characters and stuff like that. And a lot of the characters weren't good. The game itself was not like evolved graphically over DOA five. Like, even DOA 5, PS3, and 360 did not look that different from DOA 6. So, like, they they put this game out, and it was just so unimpressive in so many ways that even hardcore Dead or Alive fans are like, you know, this isn't this isn't that good. And I fell off it very quick, and I played DOA 4 for, like, a couple of years. So, I, if they were going to make a new Dead or Alive now, I'd want them to really take some time and think about what that series is. Because right now, it's seems like they only think of it as like a DLC delivery mechanism. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. That should not be how that game is perceived. But that does suck. I, I guess I'd, I would probably prefer Ninja Gaiden. If like they're working on something, I want them to have that redemption arc. Like really go at it. And so like, because Ninja Gaiden 3 came out of that period where Japanese developers were chasing this like Western ideal development, which did not work for Ninja Gaiden at all. And it ended up just like they didn't, that wasn't that game's sole problem, but it ended up flowing into a lot of its other problems too. So I would love to see them put out a PS5 or a PS5, Xbox Series X Ninja Gaiden that just looks amazing and plays as well as it did back in the old days. Dude, there was a short window toward the end of the PS3, Xbox 360 era where we got Tekken Revolution. I believe we also got like a free to play uh, Soul Calibur, though yeah. I might be making that up in my head, but that sounds like something that happened. Kind of funny.com says you're wrong. Um, and I want, I want them to try that again because Tekken Revolution was such a cool thing for me because one, it was a free way to get into Tekken. And the uh-huh. way that it worked was the more you won, the more you got to play. Like it worked similar to like actually playing a fighting game in an arcade where you would earn tokens by winning games. And like for me, one that helped that helped me get better at Tekken, because like I was like, well, fuck, I want to win these matches. And so I'm going to like, all right, I want to keep playing, so I'm gonna figure out how to win. Uh, but then also like I feel like that structure for fighting games, like, isn't necessarily that bad. I don't want that to be like the sole way to play those games, right? Like I would like a Tekken revolution to exist alongside whatever the next full Tekken game is. But man, like I, I'm sure, I'm sure they stopped doing that because financially it probably wasn't viable. But man, I would love for them to bring back that format of fighting game. They fighting game needs more, or fighting games in general need more experimentation with their business structures and models. Because the problem is, like, if you put out a really, it's very hard to serve a lot of audiences with fighting games. So like mm-hmm. Tekken sold super well, but at the end of the day, Smash Brothers is the best selling fighting game in the industry. So like. What does that tell anybody? Like, if you're making a fighting game, what market are you trying to serve? So I think, like, different things need to exist to... Or different structures need to exist to get those people on board who are like, well, I'm interested in Tekken, but God, all these people who are, like, super good at it keep kicking my ass. What do I do about that? And I think 
the tiered approach of like, well, here's a free to play game to try, and like people who buy this are probably not like the super good or players. They're just like just like you who are just trying to try the game. Yeah, you just want to like try it out and have fun. Yeah, I think that's the the ideal way to do it. Yeah. Uh, is there? What do you think that uh, Team Ninja is working on, like a brand new idea? And do you what you like? What would you want from them if they were? I. Koei Tecmo is weird because Koei Tecmo is now like one of the like hidden biggest Japanese third parties, but nobody talks about it. Like they made Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is a fantastic game. They made um, Dragon Quest Builders Two, which is also great. They just made Age of Calamity. Like they they do very well in terms of diversity, diversity in genres. Mm-hmm. I think if they were going to make their own new, like a game of their own license again, I think it would probably be best for them to remind people, yeah, we do have Ninja Gaiden. Like, we mm-hmm. do have games like that. Like, I th- I think that's, it's probably wise for them to go back to their old IPs for an original game. I, if they're gonna, they just did Neo, so I don't think they're gonna do something new again for, for at least a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of older franchises that we love, story number four, the man who created Captain Falcon, Fox McCloud, Majora's Mask, and more has retired from Nintendo. This is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Uh, Takaya Imamura, the Nintendo artist and designer who gave us characters like Captain Falcon and Fox McCloud and more, not to mention the name and visual identity of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, has retired from the company. As reported by Kotaku, Imamura announced that it was his last day working at Nintendo on his Facebook page after 32 years with the company. Quote, this is my last day I'm going to work. I took a selfie with the empty de- uh, with the empty office. I guess I won't be coming in here anymore. As you'd expect, I'll miss it. End quote. Uh, and that was from Kotaku's translation of his commemorative Facebook post. Uh, Imamura worked on character designs across the F-Zero and Star Fox series creating iconic Nintendo characters like Captain Falcon and Fox McCloud, among many more. More recently, he directed two Steel Diver games and was a supervisor on the last two Smash Brothers releases. He was also the art director of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, responsible for the design of the eponymous mask uh, and, the games, and the game's name, as well as the character Tingle. It's worth, it's worth remembering that, according to Zelda series producer Eiji Aonuma, Imamura came up with the word Majora by combining his own name with uh, the word Jumanji. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, that's... We're... Video games are still a fairly young industry, and I think we're finally reaching the point where, like, the legends kind of retire and go go out to their farm and, like, live, live out their lives. Like, I was thinking like while fate. we were watching that Nintendo uh, uh, Universal Studios tour that that might be the last time we see Miyamoto publicly. Like, it's entirely possible. There's no conventions. There's, like, theoretically, he might be the investor calls, but, like, those are Zoom calls. Like, that might be the last time Miyamoto has a public thing until before he retires. And, like, we're going through this thing with Nintendo now where all these people who made these, like, 35th anniversary stuff, like, the original games are just going to be gone at some point. It's going to be up for a new blood that hopefully that new blood is as inventive and creative and you know both understands their history but is willing to like pave through it as much as like the previous people were yeah no i'm i'm, I'm right there with you it's, it's it's it is still it's not weird to think about because like it's it's obvious but like video games being such a, a young medium is a thing that kind of like catches me off guard every time i every time i remember it right and you see somebody uh uh like imamura here right be like oh yeah i made tingle and now I'm retiring, and it's like, oh yeah, you're still around. <laughs> like you, like you've been here. Like you've been still working, and you made like these things that are classics uh, that have helped define the the medium. Uh, and so, like that's that's cool that we get to say goodbye to him, and then also welcome in new folks that want to like create and breathe new ideas into whatever is the future of Nintendo's games. Uh, yeah. Imran, my next question for you: When do we see Majora's Mask come to Switch? This is, is it happening year this year, for it, wouldn't it? Like if you're gonna so. do it. Like, it, this would be the year, because, like, it's a Zelda 35th anniversary. So, like, if you want... If you were gonna, if you were going to ever port the 3DS games to Switch, this would be the time to do it. I don't... I'm not... I feel like the easiest path for Nintendo would be just port the Wii U games up. By Wii U games, I mean... God, I love that so much. Twilight Princess like, and Windmaker. Yeah. A collection... And it doesn't even have to be a collection, because I know these are full games. Like, I understand Nintendo. They want to make that money. But, like... 
give me Twilight Princess, give me Wind Waker, give me Majora's Mask, fuck it, give me Ocarina of Time also. Like, mm. give me the bit, give me all the big Zelda releases of the last couple decades on yeah. Switch, and let me celebrate. I think way like, better than wait, let me celebrate in a way that's not Super Mario uh, uh, 3D All Stars because that felt know, like just a cash in. But I feel like if we do get it, it'd probably be like a 3D All Stars kind of thing. Yeah. Of like, this is going away March 31st. So buy now, even though you don't necessarily know if you want it. Like, yeah, I, I, I hope they treat the Zelda, the Zelda's 35th anniversary with more respect, but you know, who knows? It's Nintendo. But yeah, I, I would love to have the 3DS version of Majora's Mask on Switch, but they fixed the swimming because the swimming in the 3DS version wasn't as good as the 64 one. And that always bothered me. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, Imran. Uh, Imran, I'm really excited about Majora's Mask and when that might eventually come to Switch, but that's so far away. And before I ask you the next question that you know I'm going to ask, I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and sure, they all look alike. The same goes for pillows, but peel away the layers, look at what's inside, and you'll see they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. With over 1,800 open-air channels designed to neutralize body heat, Purple provides a cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate. And this cutting-edge technology doesn't stop with the mattresses. Every purple pillow is engineered with the grid uh, with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you, you're always on the cool side of the pillow. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. Kind of funny's Joy Noel has been using Purple Mattress and absolutely loves it. She says it was surprisingly easy to set up and super squishy and cozy. You can try every Purple product risk-free with free shippings and returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR uh, for qualified customers. Experience the Purple Grid and you'll sleep like, like never before. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use promo code games10. Uh, for, for a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash games10 and promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more terms apply. Emron, very excited about when we might get that, that Majora's Mask port, remake, remaster, who knows? Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, whenever it is, it's so far away. If I wanted those coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. And do 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 yeah. yeah. Out today, we got Hitman 3 for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Terratopia for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Marble Duel for Xbox One. All Walls Must Fall for Switch. <laughs> Audi, the housekeeper for Switch. And then Decrop for PC. Uh, First of all, okay, the... Great timing on that release. Um, yeah. Have you been trying to get your Hitman 3 save in yet? Dude, I've been having so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got I finally have the game on PS5 because it's out. And uh, it, it gives you the prompt when you first open the game that, like, hey, you can you can carry your progress over. And that would be, like, your leaderboard stuff. And I assume, like, certain unlockable items and all that stuff. That would carry forward into Hitman 3. Uh, and so, obviously, I want to carry that stuff forward because I put in so much time and effort into Hitman 2. When I did it last night, the web page wasn't popping up. When I tried it this morning, the web page did pop up for it, but like it doesn't recognize that I own Hitman 2 or like yeah. that my Hitman 2 data exists. And so I Same. don't know I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, like I feel I think what I'm gonna do after the show is I'm gonna try and boot up Hitman 2 and just like play around a little bit and then see if I can get IO, the IO account to sync. But like I if it doesn't find Hitman 2, I don't know like I I can't force it to find Hitman 2. Yeah, and I don't want like I'm I'm in that place where I don't want to start it until I get that fixed because it also tells you that hey, if you do this later, it'll overwrite your current data uh for like your unlockable and profile and all that stuff. And like I don't know if that means that if I unlock certain items in in Hitman 3 that those get overwritten too. And so I'm I'm scared to do it. But I also yeah. really want to play Hitman. <laughs> so I'm in this I'm in this weird place. I also found that like when I downloaded Hitman 3, it downloaded both the PS5 and PS4 version. 
but I don't oh, know happens. how to get rid of the PS4 version alone. Like, if I try to delete one, it deletes both. Mm. So yeah, now I basically everything about this game is confusing. But I just want to play Hitman. That's like, but I don't want to play it and then it erased my save later. I've had that problem with other games, and I can't remember what the fix was. I feel like that was maybe like an update or like dev side thing of them fixing it. But I think I feel like there should be a way to fix it on the player side also. And I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was. But I've definitely had that that same thing happen. Yeah. It's unfortunate because that's a lot of memory space. Yeah, it is. Anyway, uh, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can write into the show, get your questions answered. Uh, just like Comrade Blue did. Comrade Blue writes in and says, hey, bless him, Ron. With the uncertainty of COVID-19 and its impact on the industry moving forward, how many big games do you think will be pushed out of the 2021 window? What would, what would be the one you would hate to lose the most? Keep up the awesome work. I mean, I imagine, so that's that's the thing I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago, was like, a lot of things were delayed from 2020 into 2021. But now we're at the point where like, oh, shit didn't get better. Like, Everyone thought, oh, by September, things will be fine. But no, it's, it's going to be at least another year of this. <laughs> it's so, so dumb now, you know? Two weeks will be back uh, in the office. Also, it's like, yeah, no. oh, okay. Uh, also, now there's a vaccine. Oh, everything's going to get better eventually. I remember being in the kind of, like, when I showed up for the Neo 2 stream, actually. And we were, I was in the kind of funny meeting, and we were like, yeah, this will probably be like a month or two at most, yeah, and then we'll be yeah. back. And like, yeah. and like, it's it's not anyone's like no one's wrong call. It was like we just had no idea. Well, yeah, and no I one imagine, knew things would get this bad. Yeah, I imagine video game companies are very similar in that, like, they thought, oh yeah, we'll be back on track for twenty twenty one releases by you know end of the year at the latest. And now, like, I imagine things are still like Harry Potter just got not Harry, not technically Harry Potter, Wizards, whatever. Got, oh yeah, uh, or Hogwarts? Yeah. What? Hogwarts. Yeah. Hogwarts. You, you, but you, like, you don't think Legends. that's way more related to like what's her face being? Just I don't a think bad it's related to person? that. I, really? I think it's a relief that Hogwarts they could like, be yeah, like, take yeah, advantage we could of that separate. situation. <laughs> be like, yeah, let, let let's let this space out and hope she stops saying transphobe stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it helps. I, I think they're probably just legit not done with the game. I think my biggest fear, like, we don't know what Nintendo's up to yet. I think it's reasonable to assume Breath of the Wild 2 is scheduled for this year. If that gets pushed to next year, I'll be real sad. Even though, logistically, it's probably only a matter of months versus, like, an entire year. Uh, but, yeah, that, I think that would be the one that bothers me the most. I think it's a little... We talked about this a couple of days ago, but the fact that Ratchet's not... doesn't have a date yet probably indicates there's, like, probably COVID-related things that are delaying that game out. So I hope it's in a matter of months and not like you know upwards of like summer or later mm. but yeah i think those would be the the most frustrating ones for me yeah i think nintendo nintendo is, is the big one for me as soon as i read the question um like nintendo's 2020 felt fairly barren in terms of game game releases uh and i assume like based on reports and and, and everything right that like COVID had a big hand in that and yeah. i don't think 2021 for nintendo will necessarily fix that. Like I think I think a lot of the put I think a lot of the games that got probably got pushed out of 2020 will end up coming out hopefully in 2021. But overall for Nintendo's uh pipeline and their their release schedule, like I don't I don't see Nintendo as the company that is trying hard to like adjust all the way for for work from home. Like I I could see them trying to ride things out because they don't want people going home with dev kits or going home with Breath of the Wild 2 and like yeah. QAing it or doing whatever from home i feel like that for nintendo is probably a risky enough thing where they're like we'll delay this game as much as we need to you know to make sure that we can keep this thing under wraps and secretive uh and so i'm with you right there that i think breath of the wild theoretically probably planned for this year internally but i could easily see getting delayed into 2022 uh if that is their plan uh aside from that horizon forbidden, forbidden west is an interesting one because that's a game that i feel fairly confident in coming out 2021 but who knows like the last year taught me that nothing is certain absolutely yeah. nothing is certain cyberpunk was supposed to come out in spring and that game is not even out on playstation anymore <laughs> and so like who knows what's gonna happen with any of these games horizon Frim west possibly could get delayed in 2022 and i'll be heartbroken and uh uh surprised a little bit but that's not outside the realm of, of possibility um halo infinite is another one that i could see getting delayed again and that would be another heartbreaking one 
Hell or high water, that game comes out in fall. Like you I, think so? I, unless it's just such a trash fire that they just can't. Like they know this will hurt the Halo brand. I think it comes out in fall and it's probably pretty good. I forget who yesterday on, or I guess and who in Gamescast this week talked about how Halo needs to be a, was, a home run yeah. for them. Me and Greg were the ones who agreed on that one. And it like video game development is such that like you you might get to this fall and that game is still coming together and they and they realize that it isn't what it needs to be. And I think I think they would make the decision to to delay again as opposed to putting it out as is. Chat mentions that, that there's, the there's a Resident Evil showcase tomorrow. Real quick, what when do you think that game's coming out? Resident like, Evil Village? Yeah. I think that's spring. I think it has yeah. to be spring. I don't know I what think, month, but like I think uh, for what Resident Evil has been for the last few years, last like what, three years? I forget when RE7 came out. But like it's historically been like a spring beginning of the year release. And I feel like that cadence has worked out so well for them. Uh, and like with, with a presentation tomorrow, I don't think that uh, that game is coming sooner than later. Yeah, I, I would bet april may maybe on the far end like early june but like the april may sounds about right to me yeah no i'm right i'm definitely right there with you uh imran of course we get to host on wednesdays now wednesday is is our wednesday is our new day to host together uh i, I posted in the slack this morning i was like wow wednesday's like, do Wednesdays just not have video game news like i woke up this morning and looked and i was like fuck man there's not much to talk about even though the stuff we did get to talk about Really cool, really good news items. We had great conversation, and those enough to carry the show. But with that, uh, I still went to Twitter just in case we wouldn't have we wouldn't have enough to talk about. Uh, and I want to introduce a new segment. Of course, every now and then we have uh, one of them rotating segments that we that we rotate in. I'm introducing a new segment called Bless Asks. This is where I go to Twitter and I ask Twitter a question, and we get your responses and we talk them out. Uh, Twitter uh, to tell me about a game you're excited for this year and why. Imran, are you ready to go through some of these responses? Let's do it. Uh, Mitch Dyer, the homie, responded and said, Deathloop, Arcane's mastery of unique first-person combat, world-building, and characters gives me a ton of hope about the, the extreme potential of fast-paced competitive Dishonored with guns. Fuck yeah. Emra, mm. how do you feel about, uh, about Deathloop? Are you as excited as Mitch Dyer? I am very excited for Deathloop. I feel like he, he, Mitch Dyer is completely correct that Dishonored had so many good things going for it, but I never wanted to play that game action because I felt like a stealth game to me. I think literally taking off the chains and like just saying, hey, no, like do not bother with stealth, just go ham. Like that sounds fun to me. That sounds like taking those, say, giving me basically the same toys and saying, break them if you want them is a fun way to take that game design. So I'm really excited for that game. Yeah. A death loop I'm excited for for a lot of the similar reasons why I've been excited for Hitman. Like Hitman, uh, uh, and Arcane, not Arcane, in um, Dishonored, right? Like back in, was it like 2016, 2017-ish? Like those games kind of came out close-ish to each other, I think. Or I might be having that mix up with Deus Ex. Either way, both those games have similar things going on in terms of go into a level and assassinate the target. And you have all these these different systems that you're working with. You use stealth, you do all that stuff. Uh, Arcane, I feel like, does that in a in kind of a unique way compared to, to Hitman. Like they both have their, their own unique ways of tackling that. The way that Arcane does it, or uh, has done it in Dishonored, has very much appealed to me because it is, it is very much give the player superpowers and see how creative they can get with those superpowers. Mm -hmm. uh, if I thought about this discussion before this episode, I would have linked out to a video. There's like a YouTuber that does like these professional uh, dishonored playthroughs where they go through and like do this, th these beautiful fucking stealth takedowns that are like all over the place, jumping all over the place, basically speedrunish type stuff. And it is fantastic. Um, stealth gamer. I want to say his name is that sounds about right. I think it is stealth gamer on YouTube. Um, that stuff I'm fascinated with, and that is like a testament to how good Arcane is at designing their games. Is like you have these tools, and it's fun to fuck around with those tools. And I'm excited to see what that is with Deathloop, especially with the premise of that game being the dual assassin back and forth thing. Uh, I think that's gonna be awesome. Self gamer Kevin, BR it? chat says, Self gamer BR. Yeah, what, what's up? Kevin started playing some music, and so I, I didn't know Kevin found I, I was trying to find I was trying it. to find it, but it is the wrong channel. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Kevin, if you if you find it, holler at, at me and we can we can play it because it is like fantastic stuff. I found um, it. You found it? Can you pull it up? Yeah. Yeah, baby. I can't see exactly because the the blurriness of the thing on disc on Discord. But okay, yeah, here you go. So yeah, like this dude basically or this person plays uh stealth games. And back when Dishonored <laughs> Two came out, I would just watch their playthroughs because. 
it's like fascinating to see how quickly and how expertly oh. they yeah. can take enemies out. Yeah. This is my problem is that like when I'm stealthing around Dishonored, I pretty much only ever use like Blink and Possess. Like those are the only two I ever needed. So the fact that there are all these powers you just didn't get a chance or I didn't feel a need to use, but like they seem like they'd be more useful in Deathloop is what's exciting about that game. Yeah. It's it's especially fun watching stealth gamer because it feels like you're watching Tom and Jerry. And like he's Jerry and all the enemies are Tom and he's just fucking <laughs> them up in the most creative ways. I hope that, that is, I hope yeah. that uh to what you're saying, right? I hope that gets to be us in Deathloop, where they do make they do make it so that you feel more encouraged to use your entire tool set and get super creative because that's the thing that I think Dishonored really excels at. Yeah. Uh back to Twitter. Let's see here. Emmett Watkins Jr. says, Horizon Forbidden West for me. I'm hoping for 60 FPS on PS5, and I have a feeling we're going to get something totally different from the origin story of Zero Dawn. So I'm looking forward to, to how it'll surprise me. Can't wait to go back into that world. Show me the hook. Like, it just being more Horizon doesn't do a lot for me. But it, it, them saying, like, because the end of Horizon, that post-credits, I don't remember if it was post-credits or not, but that sequence after the ending asked a question I had no interest in ever finding out because I, I had not thought about that entire game. I didn't think like they asked him like, you know, this is a really good one off. I don't, I don't feel a need for a sequel. So let's see, like if they do have a, another question of like what happened to the world or who killed the world or whatever, the equivalent question of that, like, Oh, that sounds super cool. I'd love to find out about that. My worry is it has like a very impossible task to live up to of, are they going to be able to make a question as interesting as the first games? Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I, I'm excited to find out. I'm not judging it as a bad thing yet. I'm just kind of worried about whether or not it'll have the same hook for me. The PS5 and next gen, I feel like has turned me into like a little bit of a basic bitch <laughs> because like Emmett, Emmett mentions 60 FPS and 60 FPS alone has been enough for me playing games the PS5 to like get me be, get me to go fuck I'm this is fantastic like this game runs so smooth like Spider-Man Miles Morales right like the, the probably the biggest thing that had me feel like that game was uh a step up uh from Spider-Man 2018 was how smooth and how crisp it looked like yeah. that was the thing that had me like fuck this does feel like next gen uh and that translates to like a lot of other games that I played on PS5 at launch like 60 FPS alone has been enough of a selling point for me on, on on games and so i'm excited to see that in horizon forbidden west for sure if you get access to a 120 hertz monitor or something try ori just like mm -hmm. try the 120 hertz version of ori it is really ridiculous how amazingly smooth that game looks bless is that something you'd want <laughs> i mean maybe you know, i think we <laughs> I mean, can figure it out i think maybe i have one in my garage oh <laughs> how big do you think it is Oh, it's pretty big. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's pretty big. It's a I think I a thirty-two inch up. monitor. I can't tell at what part of that you guys both realize that could be sexual, or, or just like kind of nicely just slot it in there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we nicely mean, slid it in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we definitely nicely slid it in there. Uh, Cameron Kennedy on Twitter says, "Stray twelve minutes, open roads, lake." I just want some cool narrative focused indies. That's I'm definitely game, with that. Right? Stray. Uh, Stray, yeah, that's the cat game. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. During Gamescast, uh, Emron, you brought up Shoe Dreams Elsewhere, and that's a game that I've been waiting for for like a couple of years because it has that Earthbound un Undertale ish kind of vibe. Uh, it's being developed by the homie uh, Davion Gooden, and it seems like like th there are hints of like chill hop stuff there and stuff that appeals to me specifically, like directly. That has me very excited for that. And so, I'm, as an indie release, I'm looking forward to that. And then, yeah, also like. 12 minutes I'm looking forward to. Kena Bridge of Spirits is another indie game that I'm I'm looking forward to. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, like, that mm -hmm. is my, by far and away, my most excited I am for an indie game this year. And then let's see here. Uh, Greg Miller <laughs> responded to the tweet and says, I knew Wednesdays couldn't survive without me and Gary Witta. Um, I, I've never heard of that game. That doesn't sound like a real title for a game, Greg Miller. No. And so I'm discounting that answer. Yeah. Uh, Andy Cortez says, Little Devil uh, Inside, Solar Ash... Outriders, Kena, and Elden Ring. What was that, Kevin? It's ten fifty nine. Just keeping you up to date with that. <laughs> oh, it is ten fifty nine. Oh, we'll get there. This is like the last segment. We're having fun here. I'll get one. I'll do one more, and then we can we can wrap up, wrap up the show. Um, let's see here. Super Shotgun says chess two. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Let's see, Ooh, let's see here. Let's see here. 
these aren't your wrongs. This is a fun fact. Uh, it's not worth it for, for your <laughs> wrong. Now everyone in the chat's curious. About which one? Chess 2? Or about no, the, the fun, fun fact. fact. Nobody cares about Chess 2. They nailed it with uh, Chess The one. final boss fight writes in with a fun fact and says, Joe Biden's Bible was in his family since 1893. So, so it is more than 120 years old. That is a fun so it's fact. slightly older than Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, zing! <laughs> Uh, Aaron Cini says Hitman 3 is also on Stadia. That's true. I saw the thing. The Switch version, I saw people in chat were a little confused about. That's a cloud version, that is not a native version. And that is it for slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for the show are Greg and Tim. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch after this, and Greg is Greg and Stillbike Mike playing some avengers with the community so get hyped for that of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>